Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Downtown, we live. Oh, what a feeling. When it's no time, I go lie live in the kitchen with a ditch. Get your dad for a whipping. Whip a brick when you break the whole brick down. This way to the kitchen. Pat Glade Frost Rissy. How you fucking all these bitches? What's happening? We back at it. Smash and dash. We got a special guest on here today, Dr. Siddiqui. I want you to introduce yourself to all our listeners, all our followers. Y'all already know Smash, Lindell White. You know what I'm saying? But we're going to turn it over to Dr. Siddiqui and let him introduce himself. Uh, gentlemen, Chris, Lindell, thanks for having me on. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the opportunity to have a great convo. I know we have great convos off the air. Um, I'm a board certified interventional cardiologist been practicing medicine for the last 20 years, just recently retired. Um, I love, I love being a specialist and a cardiologist. I love sports. I love football. Um, I love life in general. And, uh, this, uh, incident that took place on Monday opened a lot of eyes for me. And I'm sure a lot of people out there, um, there's a lot to discuss. And, uh, I saw this as, as a learning opportunity as a refreshing opportunity. And you guys are um, obviously very influential. You've got a lot of followers. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to advance cardiac arrest and disease. And I know Landell's gone through something in his life that he's gonna discuss. Um, this opens up a lot of doors to positive and change coming up. Right, right, right. And before you go any further, Doc, um, you know, Lindell, you know, you've been through certain situations, but even before then, I know a lot of people gonna want to like, why we got a doc on and this and that. And, you know, um, a lot of people been saying condolences. I don't like when they say that because people right. say that when somebody um, die or whatever, he's still with us, he's fighting. So yes, I want to turn it over to Lindell and, you know, um, tell your thoughts to his family. Um, I guess you can give a rundown of what's it's um what went on in this past game and what we own for this podcast. Well, yeah, first and for- foremost, uh, I would definitely just, you know, send my prayers out to the family. Um we definitely, you know, praying for you, brother. And we for hope you come through. Yeah, we you know, um uh just I mean, just thinking about that, you know it definitely just it struck something with me because you know and maybe a lot of people really don't know this at all man probably i can honestly say like you know a lot of my close family members you for sure because obviously you know how i feel about you you know i consider you my brother but um it's crazy because as i look on the date man um january 20th of 2019 you know i had a um a major heart attack myself where I had to have uh, emergency surgery and I had to have two stents put in my heart. Um, so like when they said, you know, when they said a cardiac arrest or something that was going on in his heart, like it kind of struck a nerve instantly there, or it struck something with me just because of, you know, what I went through. And I don't want to make this about me at all, but we just got to have the conversation as, as far as like the health with it, because like, um, after I had my heart attack, I started doing research, right? And it's crazy young, cause when they looked at some of my paperwork, like 
the Broncos had wrote on some of my paperwork that like, like I could be a possibility at risk for something like this later on. You know what I mean? Wow. But like, I guess me being younger, I, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know how I took it because I felt like, I don't, I don't know if they took it as serious as what I'm looking at now, because if, if they really passed thought, the physical, you passed yeah, the right. physical, it ain't like, I ain't finna look into it like that. Yeah. Like you, I, like you said, I passed physical. I was still playing football. So I never thought in, I would have never thought 20, 30 years that I would have been 34 years old, having a major heart attack and, and mm. going into, you know, emergency surgery. So, um, I mean, just thinking about it, it's, it's, it's a conversation because we, you know, a lot of us need to just get our health checked. And it's not just about like your head or the CT, it's about your overall health, man. It's like, you never know what's going on. And the doctor told me that I might be able to, I could have had this prevented had I had like a certain test done a while ago, but you know, like, again, I didn't know, and maybe didn't think it was that serious, but now knowing at 34 years old, how serious this stuff is, it's like, everybody should do it. No matter if you're a healthy football player or not, you should still, you know, make sure that even after they clear you for a physical, get your own physical done and make sure that, you know, your body is 100% good for you because you never really know what you're dealing with. Really. I think the, the NFL wants you to play the, the coaches and stuff. They want you to play. They could care. They could really care. I mean, they care for sure, but you know, you know, as well as I know, like as long as you can go run that ball and you know, there's no signs then they could care less of what's going on. Right, exactly. And I know it was a scary situation because you actually felt something and and you was able to like go to the doctor and do all that. But his yeah. situation was totally different. Like right. he just passed out and you need a CPR and all those different things. So I know that was an even more scarier sister situation. I, I can only imagine that. Like yeah. you said, yeah, like what mine is crazy because while mine was happening, it's like, it's crazy because I was watching the Tom Brady versus Chiefs first. That was the first one when he was with the Patriots. I'll never forget it. It was a playoff game. I had been eating hot wings that earlier that day. And I just thought, like, maybe I was having heartburn, like really bad heartburn. So I kept trying to, you know, eat some Rolaids and stuff like that. And it would not go away, man. I even laid down for a few seconds. And that's when, you know, like, I mean, a, a lot of people, you know, have their own run-ins with the, you know, religion and God or whatever, however they want to put it. But that's when I know, like, I, I felt it. You know what I mean? Because he said, get up and go. And as I started Googling this stuff, I kid you guys not that everything that with that heart attack stuff, like my arm started getting numb. Um, I started getting beady, lightheaded. I couldn't really breathe. And it was crazy. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, at that moment, I'm like, what is going on with me? And then I finally, I get into the, you know, the ER room and they rush me in the back. They give you like nitroglycerin to, you know, mm. open up your, uh, if I'm, if, is that that's what it's, I'm the sorry. arteries and veins. Yeah. To open up your arteries and stuff to see. And like, they gave me like two of them. And then on the third one, like the doctor's like looking at me and I'm like, doc, talk to me. Like what's going on? He's like, man, I don't really want to scare you, but you're having a major heart attack. We need to have emergency mm. surgery right now. Let's go upstairs. Mm. And that's when I found out that, yeah, my LAD was mm. clogged, man. So, wow. and just two hours ago, or even man, Honestly, see, you remember that because two two weeks ago, we were just in Vegas, me, you, and Pac-Man. We were all at, you know, Vegas hanging out for, you know, the new year, bringing in the new year. And then, you know, oh, two yeah. weeks later, yeah. you're having the, um, the Pro That's Bowl. Yeah. yeah, I was going to the Pro Bowl game in Orlando. And then the day before it happens, I have a, you know, <laughs> or the week before it happens. So it was like, it, it was just crazy, man. Yeah, um, that's, that's crazy. You, well, you know, I, part, 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 I was going to say, part of what I see... 
and it's not just the it's not just the issue in in sports and medicine, but it's an issue in this country. And we don't practice preventative medicine here. Mm. We practice something waiting for retroactively. We wait for some problem to happen. Um, And exactly what happened in Lendell's situation and and plenty of other people, we wait for something to happen. We wait for somebody to have a heart attack instead of actually uh, preventing it, have him have a stress test. He needs to go through physical. Now an insurance company is very thorough. When they want to issue money and there's money at stake, they always check everything out. Yeah, you know, right. so they had they did that with Lendell, and I'm guessing that there's something that did show up, and they said, "Listen, he needs to get verified." But I could tell you, talking to you for a few minutes, based on your history, your profile, you know, athletes are much more prone to heart disease only because of your lifestyle. You guys are not. You guys are like gladiators out there. Your arteries are built a lot differently. Your body is built differently. You abuse that body especially being a running back. I can't imagine these offensive linemen too. You guys abuse your bodies constantly for years and years from when you're, you know, seven, eight years old, all the way up to when you retire. Those arteries build a plaque. And then all of a sudden you stop, you stop, you stop working out. You stop running like that intensity. You guys don't have that, you know, ability. You're aging. You, you're not the average, you know, 35, 40 year old man at that point, you probably gained 10 to 15 years at that point. So your arteries had developed that disease too. The inside has been brewing this the entire time. Right. You know, you could probably eat whatever you wanted when you were right. 25 years old and running because you burned that off in 10 minutes. You right. can't do that anymore. Can't do it no more. That's crazy. Close. Yeah. So Doc, let me. Oh, you go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I wanted to ask you. I mean, you probably had the same question though, Young. But um, I wanted to kind of get into. Um, it's kind of going to be rough, but we got. I wanted to get onto some stuff that happened on the field. The other night with with, with, uh, Damar. Yeah, with Damar. Um, I wanted, like, how how does that happen, Doc? Like, how do we. He he actually seen the place, so I kind of wanted him to, like, go. Well, he went back and, like, give us a rundown. Let us know how it happened and, you know, go from there and tell us what your thoughts on it. Exactly. So, uh, watching the game, um, we have uh, McGee running. He's got the ball. He catches the pass. He's running. He hits. He hits Hamlin square in the chest with his shoulder pads. Yeah. And, and they both fall down, which is fine. And then uh, Demar stands up. And then after Demar stands up, he's in a cardiac cycle. So what has happened at this point is there is what everybody's calling commotion cortis is a traumatic injury to the chest on impact, and it has hit yourself. Look, think of a heartbeat. A heartbeat is, you know, boop, 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 boop. When a heartbeat happens, there's an electricity side and there's a plumbing side. So when the electricity side, there's a part where the, the heart fills up with blood and you have to hit it on the millisecond. I mean, it is, the incidence of this happening is extremely uncommon. Maybe 30 cases a year, usually baseball players, when the baseball gets hit in the chest, sometimes mm. car accidents, when the car bag goes off and hits them in the chest, but it has to happen on this exact incidents i'm actually surprised it hasn't happened at more football but padding has prevented that for that impact it's it's taken some absorption away so i saw him stand back up and then when i saw him stand back up he he made some motions that were very unique and those motions where he's almost jiggling while he's standing up is a motion where i could tell he's about to pass out because that's usually when you're in arrhythmia he was in an arrhythmia at that point standing up either what's called ventricular tachycardia or v-fib and that's a very fast heart rhythm before you, you, you pass away or die. Mm-hmm. Um, he went into that rhythm. The blood flow went into that rhythm. He didn't get blood flow to his head. 
he passed out. He passed out while he was standing up. The way we know that is he fell straight backwards, no protection. He didn't put his arms out. Usually you ever see a boxer get hit in the face. If he falls straight down, nose first, he was already passed out yeah. when he was standing up. That's one of the ways we figure out when somebody passes out standing up or laying down. Usually if they pass out when they hit the ground, they have put their arms out and they'll have fractures in their arm or they've hurt their arm too. He went straight down. We saw it on video. I initially didn't see it. I saw it live and then I was questioned it. And then when I saw the replay, I'm like, this is commotion cordis. Somebody needs to get this man a defibrillator immediately. There is very limited time for him to do anything. I saw some personnel go out. You know, the video goes in and out. Obviously, you guys know that. But then I started asking myself a lot of questions. And one of the questions I said is, how are they going to get his pads off and do CPR compressions? I thought of, I was like, you can't do a CPR compression through these pads. So I said, that was the first thing I thought. So maybe they'll cut, they can cut through the Jersey with scissors, but then they've got, a, I don't know, you guys probably know better than I do how to get those pads off in a proper way. They got some strings right here. When you cut, uh, I, I don't it strings. opens up, but it they opens probably... up, but doesn't it move up usually? No, you can open it up and it comes straight off. So it'll be on your back, but it'll come off like this. Across his arms. But he remember, there's some activity involved there. He's yeah. he's laying flat. Right. Yeah, so, he's laying flat, but if you cut it, you can pull it off like this. Okay, so yeah, there's I mean, access. You all of this. Yeah. You get the whole chip. Yeah, you can get yeah, you have access. Yeah. So I then they you, start yeah. a CPR. The first thing you usually do in that situation is check a pulse. I'm assuming, based on what I saw, the limited amount of video I saw, they immediately thought concussion. How much have we been thinking about concussion with Tua this whole year? Yeah. I Tua thought the same thing. That's what we all thought. Everybody, everybody thought neck injury yeah. or concussion. I did not think that because of the way he fell and passed out. I said, this is not a concussion. My son actually texted me. I said, he's going to code right in front of everybody. Watch this. And he does. He obviously what's called code blues. And that's when they start CPR. My question is, how far was that defibrillator and how fast did somebody recognize that he went into that rhythm? Right. And, and, you know, there's a couple of team doctors there. There's a primary care physician, probably an orthopedist. They're not trained. I would say majority of cardiologists watching that, that live play or the replay, they knew right away. And the first things that came in our mind is that we're all yeah. thinking the same thing. We need to shock this man immediately, get him out of the rhythm. The next thing I thought about is he's got a face mask on, and I know you guys can drill those off, and you yeah. can take the, the mask off, the, just, the, just the metal part of the mask off, not the actual helmet. Right. Because what's got to happen now is they've got to put a bag on his mouth, and they've got to pump that bag to get air going. But you've got to put the neck in a certain position to do that too. Mm -hmm. But I think what this, they thought neck injury, they may have not moved that. I don't know what they exactly did. So I thought about that too, and I said, how long is this taking? That's the other thing that came. You know, you could have something called what's called anoxic brain injury or lack of blood flow going to your brain. After three to four minutes, it's, it's a very poor outcome. If he's getting CPR, it is getting blood flow to your brain. Um, it's just a question of how much blood flow, how, how effective the CPR is. He gets shocked within that first, you know, 30 seconds, minute, two minutes. He's out of that rhythm. He's got blood flow going everywhere. He right. might even stand up after that. Right. So those are the things that went through my process. I wish I could have just picked up the phone and called somebody and said, somebody grab a defibrillator now. Somebody get the ambulance there now. He needs to be shocked. He needs to be shocked out of this room, or at least we need to know what this rhythm is. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people brought up the fact that maybe he had a genetic disorder. Maybe he had something going on. You know, 
over the last 15 to 20 years, that has become a stronger thing where we're checking for these genetic ailments, like what's called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or hokum. And I know a lot of players go through this testing and I, and, and you know, pro athletes go through it even more rigorously. They have to, I don't know if you guys had ultrasounds when you're going through um, your pro days. You did? You had EKGs. Uh, yeah. yeah, you had a lot. So my question is, does the next step need to be genetic testing, which is a lower likelihood? I think he had a coincidence. And the next step should be, how do we improve this process? Do we need a refresher on cardiac arrest? Because I think to myself, I see plenty of coaches and assistant coaches and personnel on the sideline. They're overweight. Am I right? They're not the healthiest people on the field. Am I right? For sure. So it's not just a player. This can happen to anybody. Right. And how much are we trained in order to help somebody else out there? I, I think to myself, you guys are in a privileged position. You guys, everybody loves you. Everybody follows you. Everybody loves sports athletes. And you guys are in a position to maybe push this narrative even further. Maybe all the NFL players and administrators, everybody should have some type of basic life support training, some kind of CPR training, because yeah. it's not just there. It's when you go home. You guys are smart enough. You understand playbooks. You understand a lot about business. You guys do a lot of stuff that's that's higher than the average IQ. So BLS, the basic life support, is not something that's complicated. Yeah, right. And I can't lie about that. Like, I never looked at it like that. But after seeing that on the field the other night, like, I feel like, like, basically, like in my household, nobody probably knows that. So, like, and I'm probably sure in a lot of households around America, like, is nobody in the household that knows that. Yeah. Like, only thing we know is pick up the phone, call 911. Oh how long it takes the ambulance yeah. to get here? Know what I'm saying? So, like, I feel like that is something that everybody should know, not just in the NFL, but NBA, every athlete, everybody should have everybody. some basic support. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. then this goes to the, even, this makes me wonder, like, um, I know this is like a once in a, you know, a lifetime kind of thing or because I mean we haven't probably seen this other than this time but it's like other than having just the brain doctors like wh why wouldn't we have though you know a heart doctor on the sideline as well because our body like he says the the, the amount of stress and the, the what we put our body through anyway like I'm surprised this has happened like that like it hasn't been a, no other kind of stuff because you know people take pregame stuff that gets their heart going and yeah, gets, yeah. you know so you know i'm just saying, like you would think that they would check you know and dot every i and cross every t and have you know every kind of doctor out there like that just for that kind of reason but you know i don't i don't know do you I, do you see that the nfl goes in that route now like but it, it kind of goes back to what doc was saying we don't do things like Oh yeah, preventative prevention. Yeah, you're right. Something has exactly. to happen major for us. Like, okay, now we're gonna do this. Right. And you gotta think back when we was playing, and I'd be saying that like this was 20 years ago. We talking about maybe five years ago. Right. Six years ago, we didn't have those people that like looking like the for the Stop head. Stop the game. Yeah. <laughs> Stopping the game and doing that. All these CTE and all these things had to happen. In order for them to be like, okay, now we're gonna hire somebody upstairs just to be watching for head injury. We're gonna have somebody on the uh, uh doctor on the sideline just for those situations because things went to happening. Instead of we knowing how violent this sport is, we're gonna already have this stuff in place. Right, let's so, so nothing crazy happened. You know what I'm saying? So it go back to what Doc was saying. Yeah, he's definitely hundred percent correct. That you, you, know, you know medicine. 
you know, one of the things is preventative medicine costs a lot of money. And, you know, I hate they to say it every day, line. though, dog. They print it every day. I yeah, know, but he's you know saying how much money you know, the NFL make? Yeah, I know that's exactly but, but what think, I'm saying, though. Exactly. Think, think about all the stuff that they cut for us, though, right now. Yeah. You know, all the money that they make with the NFL, bro, they cut our pension plan. They cut the the how much money you make. Um, bro, Every everything that you could possibly imagine that the NFL had gave, gave us money for, everything is cut. Everything was cut in this new CBA. Everything right. was cut. Yeah, right. my question is, that changes now. That 100% changes. It's, they're going to have to DeMar Hamlin. Yeah. They're going to have to. have to, but it's so crazy, though. Even though you say that they're going to have to do something, I feel like they're going to put a Band-Aid on it because guess what? We just signed the new CBA. Mm. So we can't go back to the table until it's up. We locked in the contract. Yes, unless so the, I feel like you know. they're going to put a Band-Aid on it because it's so big. Like I don't feel like they're going to redo the CBA. Yeah, yeah. They, one of the do... things. Go ahead. Go ahead Doc, sorry, I was gonna say one of the things you brought up is having a cardio. You don't even have to have that cardio on sideline. There's a red phone I know that sits on that sideline for emergency calls from the boots, right? Yeah. Let that line be open for that on-call cardiologist. Let him just make one simple call. I just picked up my cell phone, for example, dialed the number that I know what it is, and say, "Get that defibrillator there now and shock yeah. him." There's no waiting. I see what's going on here. Something simple as just like that may have helped and prevented, and not just now and in the future. Right, sure. right, exactly. Yeah. So being the, all that said, this is a question for Lindell. And uh, you can chime in on this as well. When you see things like this happen and it's so big, now it, it started to make you to think and it started making it be like, man, why, as violent as this sport is, why aren't they offering us lifetime insurance? Even if you played five downs in the league, you still was a part of the league. Things can happen in one play. Why right. aren't you offering lifetime? Because you got to think, if he's never able to play again, he's only played two years in his league. And say he got lifetime complications. They're going to be like, okay, we're going to give you insurance for five years, and then after that, you're on your own? 2K, I understand exactly what you're saying because in my life, my Cigna had ran out when I had my heart attack. So mm. the HRA plan that they have, like, you know, when you're in the hospital for more than, you know, two, three days, that's $50,000, mm. $50, $60,000, especially with all the machines and stuff you have done. So they tell you about the HRA and it's like, you have a hundred thousand dollars in HRA, but after you spend three days in there after heart attack and you have to pay all that back, your HRA is used up. You can't <laughs> really afford the Cigna because Cigna costs, you know, we all know how much Cigna costs per month when you want to have it at the top. And it's crazy. Um, We are the only as violent as we are you, you would wonder how come the former higher-ups haven't argued that forget everything else let's make sure that the insurance is number one up yes we do want to make sure they can get the disability and yes sir we can do the the um the line of, what's the what is it the line of duty line and all that duty. stuff yes we can make sure that but one thing we do need to make sure is that these dudes how many of it is i i don't know the number i'm sure it's less than ten thousand or so and you saying you can't offer us lifetime insurance to me that just shows that how greedy that you know the union or whatever the nfl con considers themselves because it, it, they make billions of dollars a year i'm sure 
they could work something in with one of these insurance companies and and take care of the, you know, all their former teams or have something work out with, you know, these hospitals in their former states and, and do something. I mean, it's capable of happening, but you know, again, they're not going to spend their money for nothing. You already know that. Yeah. And when you say you can get the disability in the line of duty, like that, that, that's not yeah. Not easy to get. Yeah, it's it. not guaranteed by it's no means. It's hard to get that. So it fighting ain't for years. Like, you retire. I'm like, I'm finna get this. I'm good. It's you really have to fight for it. It's hard to get get those things. So it ain't like it's just yeah. out there for you. And they don't tell you about this. It's not like they're giving you like the walkthrough. It's not like people are saying, hey, like go check yourself out. Make sure that you do all these processes. Yes, they have the NFLPA now and some of that. But it's like, no, this should be some stuff when you first check in. You know how we have our um our meetings at the beginning of the year and they tell you how the not to, you know, throw the ball in the stands or don't punt the ball in the stands. And that's a fine. They should also tell you, like, listen, you know, if you do get cut because of these injuries, you should take these next couple steps to try to figure out how we can help you. And, you know, this is the person that we assign strictly for this. So if that happens for this team, but no, they don't do that. They got somebody that'll watch you how many times you go to the club a week or how many times you're out at the damn basketball games, but they ain't got nobody. They don't care. It's a, it's a business for them. And they wonder how much, if it ain't a touchdown you can score for them, it ain't, they're not going to pay for it. They don't, they could care less. It's ridiculous, man. So um, I, I hear what you're saying. Young. I don't, I, I'm wondering now with this situation and did it enlighten them? Is it going to make them, like you say, when we do have to go re-up this um, CBA, are they going to work on, in lifetime insurance? I don't know. I'm I'm asking Doc, how come that isn't even a, how come with how violent our sport is, how come that isn't even like a recommendation or something that's automatically, that should be like in written into our contracts? Why? I don't, how is that? How do they get by with that? Considering when we retire, cons- how much health problems we do have? Well, I, I, I love the questions and I, you know, th- there's very a couple of interesting points that you made. If you think about NFL by itself, do you know any other major institution or brand that competes um, with God on a Sunday? Have you ever thought about that? The NFL <laughs> competes with God. Even Chick-fil-A <laughs> sleeps on Sunday. Right. 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 And so we, we think about that concept. You think about who you're fighting against. You're fighting a really one of the most valuable institutions in the United States is the Cowboys. I mean, they're, they're a very high-value yeah. team. In the Giants. These, these guys are making billions and billions of dollars on top of each other. So their goal, is, is there something bigger here that I see? Their goal is different. Their goal is it's us against them. It's, it's very similar to a lot of work, you know, the worker against the employer. But, mm-hmm. but what I see is a bigger thing here, and I thought about this a lot. You guys, high school player can go from playing one year in the NBA and one year in college, and he goes into the NBA, and there's a rule. Remember, Kobe Bryant never even went to high school, but never went to college. Right. Some of these players, LeBron James, for example, too. Mm. My my question to you is: You guys rough your body up in middle school, elementary school, high school, and why? I don't understand. I know there's a size discrepancy that jumps between that certain level, but I know there's certain players like Marshall Falk that came out early. You know, coming out. Why can't we help at least one more year? give these players at least one more year of a career, let them come out early when they're in college. That's one thing. The second thing is what you mentioned was the insurance. I can't, I can't agree with you more. The issue is I think that you have to find an alternative solution because going to the NFL and asking them to help you on this situation, it takes a pretty penny out of their pocket. And you know, what's going to happen. 
their contracts are going to get, they're, they're going to say, well, we're going to cut you in your contracts or we're going to do this or we're going to do that. They're going to find another way to compensate somehow, or they're going to make the fans play more money. They're going to find a way where their pockets get fatter by them doing something for you. So what I would say in this situation is you guys have your players union. I know it's, it's your players union. What it is. I think Troy Vincent started your charge of the players union, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, right. But I think there's got to be an aggressive stand and he has a now standing board to do that. But on top of that, I think I think there is an opportunity here for at least a negotiation where you can go outside and get your own insurance. Why, why, why wouldn't it be easy for you guys to go get your own life insurance policy, go get your own policy related disability health insurance? And maybe it costs you more, but maybe the NFL can subsidize you or the players union can subsidize a portion of that to at mm-hmm. least improve at least help improve the situation. Cause I hear you. I can't imagine the guy. Remember you guys got like 110 guys on the team or 20 guys, right? Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about that guy that re- that's on the kickoff return teams. Think about how dangerous that right. they have changed rules because of how dangerous that, that play is. And you guys right. have friends. I'm sure, you know, friends that go on that play. They're, they're playing for their life. These guys may play four plays, five right. plays, six plays a game. And yeah. that somebody gets popped. They get popped on those plays hard. Yeah. Despite changing it to moving it back to the 20-yard line. I feel yeah. for those guys more. So if you think about that guy getting hurt, what happens to his career? What happens to his life? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard after that. Because after them five years, I'm with, it's like. And he like, did, let's say he didn't make it five years. Then what is he doing? Yeah, no. What it is is once you finish playing ball, they give you five years of. They oh, pay for oh, five years of your insurance. After the five years, you're on your own. Yeah. So no, we're saying, so we're saying we should have lifetime yeah. insurance period once we're finished playing. Know what I'm saying? Like but, so, so I would I would say, you know, here's the funny, I, you make a great point, Chris. And Lendell mentioned this earlier, maybe 10,000 players in the league. Think about this. This would actually improve the situation of who is on the team and not on the team. You make that team. 100%. Whatever you did, even if you made one play, you may have contributed to the biggest play. In the, in, there was a player, I can't remember, somebody who knocked the ball out uh, on the Super Bowl before the guy got to the one-yard line. He may have made one play that whole year. Mm-hmm. And that play may have changed the whole thing. He's just as important the whole season as he was not playing the whole season. Right, exactly. Yep. So I think 100% right. There's got to be, but it's a player's union that's got to push for that lifetime. And if, if you think about this, the average NFL player plays three and a half years. The, right. And running backs even less, I think. And then if you think about the lifespan of an NFL player versus an average human being, it's less. It's, so less, not- so it's, it's crazy you say that. So say <laughs> say the life the lifespan of a uh, just an NFL player is um where their career is three and a half years, right? And say a running back is two, two and a half years. So why do you have the mark set on five years in order for you to get a pension? Because they did the statistics and they know. <laughs> no, that. Yeah, they I know. I'm just yeah. saying that tells you it's right in yourself right there. Yeah. We know we know the average guy is going to come in this league and only play three and a half years. So we're going to set the pension at five years. So <laughs> we don't have to pay. We don't have to worry about most like 80 percent of the guys. We, 80% yeah. of guys that playing in the league, we ain't got to worry about paying them a pension. Bruh, it's crazy. They know what they're doing. Them 30, them 32, how many teams we got? 30, whatever. 32. 
they know exactly what they're doing. That's why they have a players meeting. That's why even Goodell get 50 billion. Goodell make more than the football players make a year. How is that possible? <laughs> He's a commissioner of the league. He doesn't actually play. He ain't getting hit. I guarantee you Goodell got lifetime insurance. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what's crazy. This man makes more than he made more than Tom Brady. <laughs> this man makes more than Tom Brady and he has lifetime insurance. That's what you, but you know, what's crazy, bro. It, the, the, and it's, it's effed up when you think about it, because in our life, I noticed for you young, when we was growing up, the, the thought about this lick and hitting this lick and going to the league is all I, that's all I needed to think that I might be able to sign an NFL contract once. Like, that's all I was thought, thinking about. So I'm like, yeah, I got to try this one time. What yeah, you yeah, mean? Let's try it. Yeah. You, you know, one of the things we mentioned earlier too, and we're and it's coming back here now, Remember, we talked about preventative and money and, and what's happening in the NFL paying. One of the things I was going to tell you is I've thought about so many things. I'll give you this concussion thing has been just constant. This is not the first time it's discussed. This has been going on since, who was it, Junior Seau? You remember Junior Seau? Yeah, no, what happened? Yeah, he committed suicide, donated his brain. And remember, there was this uh, doctor doing all that. They made, made a movie about him. Um, yeah. The doctor who found out about traumatic brain injuries with uh with nfl players mm -hmm. you know my question is two things what has been done since then look at Tua right now i am so i'm a big dolphin fan too i hate to tell you guys but <laughs> what watching Tua right now he's a ticking time bomb for not just for football for his life i'm worried about his long-term life the second thing is i don't know if there's sensors built inside your football inside your helmet okay mm -hmm. if there are sensors inside your helmet and they can take the impact and record the impact. Why isn't there a way we can use with the technology? This country is entirely based on technology. Yeah. We send people to the moon, but we can't put sensors in a in a helmet and do live feed where we can watch the impact of this hit was a nine out of 10. And this person has had seven, nine out of 10 hits. He needs to sit the rest of this game before he does get a concussion. Why are we not thinking preventative that way? Yeah, that gonna, is something that's going to take, take, take away the money. money. Take away the money. money. Thing. You mean to tell me money this, like, come on, man? You mean to tell me that the superstar I done came to this game? Superstar done got hit hard two, three times first quarter, and he and can't now he can't play no more. Nah. Jerry, Jerry's, <laughs> Jerry's world ain't going for that anyway. <laughs> he already said the Cowboys. He knows Jerry. Jerry run the league, and Jerry ain't going for that. Yeah, you messing out the paper, man. But yeah, there's yeah, a lot. Man. There, there's a lot, and so we get back to the original conversation. What controls that league's money? Yeah, money. So, what is going to happen? We, we, we're, we got off of Demar's topic, but if you think about Demar, think about his future right now. Think about what that family is going through. Right. Think about what precautionary actions are going to be taking place, and then compare that to what has happened since Junior Seau commit suicide with concussions. We got players standing up in the middle of a play, going back to play. You remember that wide receiver? Who was that? That that for the Patriots. Um, yeah, I know. I that? forgot his name. Agu I well, Nelson Aguilar stopped it though. Yeah, it was. Yeah, a yeah, it, it, was, it, yeah. it was one of them. It was. It was some. Was it Parker? Devontae Parker. I think Parker. it was Devontae Parker. Kind of out. Yeah, he just got hit. Right, two were just like he said. Two again in one of these plays. They said they didn't. They they didn't see no signs. But two in one of them games, he like. He hit his head, and they let him play for the rest of the game. You could see it. Like, bro, you can see it so clear. Like, you know, we play football. So, I mean, his head bounced off the back of the turf. You're like, man, that's probably one of the things. He didn't know he was concussed at that time. You never really do him. And know. really, when you're trying to play, you like, you suck it up. Then the next day he comes in and he has, they say he has 
you know, he he was showing signs of a concussion. It's like, man, it's it's crazy how. And then the league said they did a independent study and didn't see it. It's uh, it's amazing, like how the league always find the opposite of what's really was going on. Well, let me. Right. I'll give you a fact during the game. The man hits his head on the floor. He throws three straight picks. Yeah, right. I'm with you when you're right. You're right. And y'all was up. Yeah, y'all was up before that. Like y'all was three straight. <laughs> yeah. No, two K. He was like he before he got before he hit his head, bro. I promise you, he was like seven of ten or something for like two hundred yards and like three touchdowns. The, after that play, bro, I promise you, he threw like I don't like he said he threw two three picks, picks, but he was like eight of or ten of something, bro. Ten of like twenty five or so. It was crazy. Very and then yeah. some of them were directly to the Packers players. I mean, it was, right. there was no question how bad the pass was. But even then, what that's what I'm saying. What has changed? What have we done differently? I don't understand. We have so much technology in this world, so much advances, putting some more cushion back there, giving him a neck brace so his head doesn't become a rag doll when he hits the ground. He's a smaller player. Somebody mm-hmm. pulls his legs out under him. They flop, his head flops and hits the ground. The other Maybe. thing is, the other thing but- is, Think about these players. Have, who was the team that is complaining and filed a lawsuit about a turf? Did you guys see that? Yeah, I think yeah. somebody did. There was a team that, that he was. It, was a it the Patriots? He, Patriots or these, Falcons or somebody? Yeah, somebody it's, filed it's a, a lawsuit. One of these players that messed up one of their knees just recently. Yeah, yeah think about that, yeah. that. You ruined his career now. Yeah. And, and other players probably that have come through there. Why aren't we thinking about this? Because they're not think they think about how pretty that turf looks out there. Yeah, but they also need to hire, I think, players, former players on the sideline mm-hmm. to spot them them concussions. We play, we know, we feel, we seen. Like, I'm not taking nothing away from these NFL spotter concussions and these doctors, but clearly they don't know and they haven't played football because we, when you clearly see some of these hits, it's like, oh, yeah, man, check, take him out. Make sure he's all right. And yeah. it's like he gets into play, he's, he's still going. And, and again, the NFL saying, hey, no, we checked it out, he's good. And then a couple of days later, he has a, a, you know, a concussion. I don't know. We we all know it's a big money play. So I don't see what's going to change anytime soon. I know now that this happened, this situation, they're definitely going to try to put in some type of new rule or some new yeah. law for sure. That's not going to because it's the pressure of this now it, it has no choice. But I mean, if it was up to the NFL, it's like they, you know, if they could have swept this under the rug and kept it going, they would have. If this would have happened in the locker room, if this would have happened like in a locker room or something, that that would have been the greatest for this for them to have for that. But this happening on the field for the for us players, it, this is the best thing that could have happened because now, like for Doc saying and like Young, you saying it opens up a conversation where we have to like really talk about players for real health, not just just concussion stuff. Dude. We right. gotta make sure these players are really healthy before they play in these games. Everything. For sure, man. I, I think I think part of the other discussion is remember this is a month like you said, Linda, Monday night football game, primetime game. Oh, yeah. And this is yeah. a big playoff implication game. Yeah. You know, how does the NFL respond to this? My question while this is all taking place, I thought about this too. There was a question on whether or not the game was canceled. The two coaches, you know, we don't know these details because everything's hush hush. That you know, NFL's covering that up. These coaches go out to the middle of the field, they start talking. They basically decided they're not going to play. Right. It's my personal opinion. I don't know if the NFL came down and said, no, don't play. But well, the NFL definitely, they definitely was going to try to work their move until they seen this since 
when they seen the sincerity of what was really going on and what like the or the severity rather like and they understood what was going on that's when they like the nfl try to make the big big dog call and they were not doing it but when you see those dudes over there crying coming off the field and you know in the locker room exchanging hugs and stuff i don't think at that moment there was nothing that the nfl could have did anyway saying y'all going but they wasn't going to play that game so as much control as the nfl has with the paychecks i mean the players have all the power so it's going to be uh it's going to be i want to see how this thing turns out for sure man well there was something you mentioned very important linda and i brought this up on multiple conversations i had a friend going through psychology school and he he talked to me and he wants to do sports psychology and i thought to myself and i don't know the answer to this and you guys may be able to help me and i know that some teams do have sports psychologists on the team there needs to be somebody available for that entire both teams there and the entire league because oh, yeah. it's not just those players. These There's high school players that watch that game. There's college players. Do they have somebody to go to? In college, they're making billions of dollars off of these kids. In NFL, they're making billions of dollars. Do they have every team have a sports psychologist or some kind of therapist that these guys can go in, in, in the office, inside their office uh, at their training camp or practice fields? Do they have someone they can go talk to every day about their problems? These, these players go through problems on the field. They go through players when problems when they're off the field. They have to protect their identities when they're off the field. They've yeah. got to go through so much rigor more to make sure they don't get in trouble. Girls always chasing them. There's always problems involving their home life. You know, everybody goes through so many issues. They're on a spotlight with millions and millions of people watching them. Look at, I'm going to just be honest, look at Tom Brady and Giselle. You know, yeah. They got, they, got, they, well, they, got, they got somebody in there for us to talk to oh, and yeah. stuff like that, like player development and different psychologists and stuff to talk to and stuff. So and yeah, if you no, need somebody, they'll get them there for sure. That's yeah, not they'll get them there for you. But this hey, is someone we, I'm saying preventative. This should be somebody you need to talk to there. every single week. You yeah, guys no, they, they in the, they in the, they yeah, in the building. building. They in the building. They got they in the building. They door open. The door open, schedule that one. Chris, you need to see this guy. Mandel, you need to see this person. Oh, you're saying that you need to schedule for preventative. Preventative. My my thing is preventative. I respect that. I want to prepare. I want to be prepared for the worst possibility. I want to be prepared for me going out to that nightclub with my friends. And if something goes wrong, I know I got to count to 30. I want to stop. I'm not going to throw a punch. I'm not going to throw a beer bottle. I need to get up and walk out before I get in trouble. That's yeah, what, hey, dog. Yeah, that's a different. I ain't gonna lie to you. That's a different conversation. Too. You're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a different. We gonna, yeah, I understand what you're saying. We, we, so we we're gonna get in that one. We're gonna get in that, man. <laughs> dog, man. You know, I appreciate you. We appreciate all the expertise information you gave us. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna get on here more often, like you say. That's a different topic that you brought up that we're gonna get on. So we gonna have Doc on here a lot more. We got a lot more information, man. And you know it's always good to we come. We gotta on. do a fine. We've gotta yeah. do that financial too with you guys. Yeah, yeah. we gonna we gonna get there. We gonna get. We got there. you, Doc. I appreciate you, Doc. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate Thanks. both of you having me on. Thank you very much. Downtime, we live. Oh, what a feeling when it's go time. I go lie live from the kitchen with a ditch. Get your dad for a whipping. Whip a brick when you break the whole brick. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.